Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. Welcome to Live Church, everyone. The first year, the first Sunday of the year. Give, you, give yourselves a hand. I'm excited about this 2019 year. God bless you for being here. We love you. If this is your first time, we welcome you. Let's give all our first time guests a warm Live Church welcome. Come on. It's going to be an amazing year for you. I'm trusting that. Um, by your seat, there's a connection card. And um, this is a card that we use to help us connect with you. Uh, We're doing something a little different today, and that is we're also making it available uh, on our website. So if we get out the way, just in case you cannot see, nylifechurch.com slash connect, you can keep, keep us informed with how we can minister to you just by logging on to that, just right there. And everything on that connection card is there online. It's an easier way for us to process your requests. So sometimes you may have a prayer request. Perfect. Let us know through there. You can use your connection card still, but you could also use it online. And uh, that way we can more quickly and effectively uh, connect with you. Maybe you have a question about serving or you want to be water baptized. Or here's another thing that I'm really excited about. In the next uh, few weeks, we'll be re-kick, we'll, we're restarting our dinner parties. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. So maybe you want to be a part of that. Well, you can let us know through your connection card. Or more, more I would say more up-to-date, you can use that link that you see on the screen. Uh, we would love to connect with you. Uh, sometimes there are needs that are going on that we are not aware of. Uh, maybe you're going through an urgent situation in your life and you need to speak to a pastor or you need some counseling about something. Um, Sometimes we just won't know unless you let us know. So we just wanna encourage you, let us know. Let us know how we can serve you if there's a question you have. Maybe you just wanna let us know how awesome we are. That's cool too, you know? You can let us know that as well. But we just want to make sure that you know that we are here to serve you, we're here to minister to you, and we wanna make sure that you feel at home here at Life Church. amen? Praise God. I mentioned the dinner parties earlier, so um, you'll have an opportunity next week to start signing up for it. Uh, we had a great, great season of dinner parties in, in the fall season. Uh, now that we're in the throes of the winter season, uh, we're going to kick this off very strong. And um, our vision for this is to have dinner parties throughout. So what are dinner parties? Well, they're just dinner parties. It's just that uh, we get together, we have some great music, some great discussion, we have great food, it's well prepared. Um, People who have attended these dinner parties have told us that, wow, I didn't know it was all of that. I thought it was just like some casual thing. No, we really dress it up. We try to make it comfortable, but we try to dress it up and make you feel really, really at home. So it's something that we feel led to do. Um, This is a way that we can create community. So maybe on a Thursday, right? You know, you had a hard, hard week so far and you just need a place to just lay your hair down, connect with people, you know, just enjoy some good food. We want to create atmospheres where you could do that. So that's what dinner parties are about. And if you are interested, you know, in fact, again, on, on that uh, website, nylifechurch.com slash connect, 
you can let us know that and we'll be following up with you and you'll know how you can be a part of that. So we're really, really, really excited about that. Um, I, I thought to bring back the, the Love on Steroids shirt. How does this look on me, guys? Some of you don't know what this is, but I would say about five years ago, we started a campaign called Love on Steroids. And the idea was to do random acts of kindness um, and we were urging people to really love on people and uh, really love on people in a major, major way, in a very dramatic way. One of our core values as a church is loving out loud, right? We want to really be bold about our love. We don't want to be shy and cute about it. We want to be bold about it. And so for me, this sweatshirt is a representation of that. It reminds us of what we are as a church. We are people who love boldly authentically and also deliberately and so you can just say love on steroids take love to another level and the good news is we have some shirts available for you yeah we have some sweatshirts available for you we, d we thought to bring it back and um, so after service you'll you'll see a table back there if you are interested in purchasing a sweatshirt we have small medium large I think extra large I think even I think even a couple of double X's or three X's so we have a few sizes for you so please avail yourself to that they're $35 which is nothing that, that that's about how much it costs us really uh, to purchase it uh, so we really just want to make it available to you at cost and um, we want you to rock it we want you to rock it proud we want you to let people know that you belong to life church right and uh, let it be an opportunity to remind you that you're called to love on people in a very dramatic and enthusiastic way all right so that's available to you after service who's ready for the word of God today Come on, clap your hands if you're ready for the word of God. Yes. I'm, I'm not going to talk too long today. I, I rarely talk long anyway, but I'm going to keep it a little extra short today because I want to do something at the end of service um, that I think is uh, led by the Spirit. Um, but I'm going to share with you today a, a title message called Vision for My Life. Vision for My Life. And I love this because... At the beginning of the year, many of us are enthused, we're excited, we're goal-oriented, we're focused, we're driven, and that's good. That's very, very good. And, you know, sometimes I realize people try to down the New Year's resolution. They'll say, come on, you don't need that. You don't need the New Year's resolution. Just live like it's New Year's every day. And I, I agree with that. But I would say this, anything that motivates you is a good thing. Right, so if you're more if you're more motivated at the beginning of the year, that's awesome, right? And I think many of you are. Many of you want to see some awesome things in your life. Who here has spiritual goals this year? Yeah, and you've you've vocalized what those goals are. If you don't have spiritual goals, let me let me encourage you. In all of your goal setting, have spiritual goals. All right. What's a spiritual goal? A goal that's going to drive you towards greater understanding of spiritual things. All right? So I think I gave you this challenge a few weeks ago. One spiritual goal, very simple. Maybe you could read the entire Bible in one year. Maybe you could read the New Testament twice this year. That could be a spiritual goal. Maybe there's a topic you decide to study in the Bible that you've never studied before. That's a spiritual goal right? Maybe you decide this is the year where I'm going to do ministry and I'm going to be a bit more public about the ministry that God has given me. I'm going to serve more in my church. Those are spiritual goals, all right? And other things. And so I want to encourage you, have spiritual goals. Who here has financial goals? All right, we have some financial goals. Health goals, 
right? Okay, so we have some goal-oriented people in the house. That's awesome. And I'm speaking this, all your goals will be met and beyond in Jesus' name. Amen? Do you believe that? All your goals will be met and beyond. One of the goals I have, I'll just share more personally with you. I just prayed this to the Lord, I think yesterday or two days ago. I said, Lord, I want to grow in friendship this year. I recognize that I have some great friends in my life, great people, but I saw a need for greater and richer friendship. And that's a prayer for me. So I'll ask you, pray that for me as well. Amen. Lord, send Pastor Ernst a stronger, richer, more enriching friendships this year in Jesus' name. But I didn't just pray that. I prayed this. I said, Lord, help me to be a better friend. That's a better way of praying, right? Help me to be a better friend. Help me to understand relationships better rather than just, Lord, send me. Lord, make me. Make me a magnet for what you're sending me. Amen? So I want to pray that over you. May the Lord make you a magnet for what he is sending you. Well, that's a beautiful prayer, man. That's a, that's a confession you should make yourself. Make me a magnet for what? Because it's possible God is sending you things, but you're not a magnet for it. So we just, but what if you become a magnet for what God is sending you? That's an awesome thing. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Vision for my life. I'm going to start reading from the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Habakkuk is a very interesting book. It's a short book. And Habakkuk is a prophet. And in the first chapter, he is complaining to the Lord about, I think, something we often complain about. Habakkuk complaint, complains to the Lord in the first chapter, and his complaint is this, Lord, how come you're not doing anything about all the injustice that's happening around us? And he specifically refers to violence. There's a lot of violence in the land of Judah. They're not in captivity. Right? I know a lot of the books in the Old Testament, particularly the major and minor prophets, are around the theme of them being in captivity. Habakkuk is not that book. They are in the land of Judah. They are not captives. They are in their own land. But Habakkuk is upset that in this land of Judah, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of wickedness. There's a lot of oppression. Have you ever asked that, Lord, how come there's a lot of murdering in our city or in our country? How come, how come there's a lot of injustice done to certain groups of people, minorities? How come there's police brutality at times? How come there's a lot of injustice done in the criminal justice system? Lord, how come? Why, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing about this? This is Habakkuk's complaint throughout the first chapter of the book of Habakkuk. Right? And so I'm going to start actually in chapter 2 because I want you to understand what his posture is here. So he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. And the question I really want to ask you today is, how do you get clear vision? How do you get clear vision? Because I'm talking about vision for your life. How do you get it? And this is what Habakkuk is looking for. And he says, I will, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. I love that. Number one, he prayed and then he said, I'm going to watch what he says to me. How many of us prayed before, but we didn't really watch to see what the Lord will say? 
we prayed and said, well, I did my job. The rest is up to the Lord. Let me be, let me be about my business. No, he said, no, I said all of this complaining. I said, Lord, what are you doing about the violence, about all the injustice happening in the land, about all the oppression? What are you doing about it? And then he says, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand my watch. I'm going to set myself on the rampart, which is a tower, simply a tower, and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. That's interesting. He had a feeling, I might be off about some things here. So I, f- I have a feeling the Lord's going to talk to me and correct me about some of my, perspect- my, my perspective. You could write this down. Vision is gained at an elevated plane. Vision is gained at an elevated plane. After all this complaining, what did he do? He said, I'm going to stand on the rampart. I'm going to set myself and watch what he says. A rampart, again, is a tower, a fortified, elevated tower. It's a military uh, parallel because that's what you would use if you were in a war. There would be watchmen watching guards watching, that's a parallel to praying, seeking, being in a place of separation so that you can hear, so that you can see, so that you can understand. And the very first thing that you need to do to gain clear vision is you need to be at an elevated plane. Somebody say, vision is gained at an elevated plane. So how are you going to get vision for your life? Very simple. You need to go up. You need to go up. You'll be surprised how many things in the Bible, how many stories in the Bible reference mountains and in the mountains people praying. It's not by accident that you'll see throughout Scripture fasting done on the mountains, prayer done on the mountain, Moses gaining the Ten Commandments on the mountain. What is it about the mountain that speaks for revelation, Jesus being transfigured on the mount? What is it about the mountain? Jesus giving the most famous sermon he ever gave called the Sermon on the Mount. There's something about being at an elevated plane that positions you for revelation. And I believe some of us, we want vision. We want clarity. We want to know, Lord, what is my life looking like? Where is it heading? Where is it going this year? Good news for you. The Lord wants to speak to you, and he will. But you need to make a spiritual goal this year where you say, I'm going to an elevated plane. I'm going up. I'm going to take my prayer life. I'm going to go up even in education. Amen. I'm going to go up even in knowledge. I'm going up. I have to separate myself from the things that I normally do. I need to jolt myself into a new routine. I need to jolt my mindset out of a pattern of thinking. I need to go to an elevated plane because that is where I will get the vision for my life. 
I remember some years ago, I felt it was after a church service. I came home. It was, we had a great time. I don't know what it was. It was like maybe five years ago. And then I just felt a burden hit me with such, like, I, I never felt it before. I said, babes, I got, I got to leave. I didn't know where I was going. I said, I got to leave. She says, you okay? I said, yeah, I just feel I got to go somewhere. I need to pray. And I called a, a family member who had a home in um, upstate New York. I said, look, and it was an empty home. Can I go up there and, and spend a few days? I said, sure. I drove out there. And the day I got there, oh, man, that place was a lonely place, too. Ooh. Have you ever been in a place of such isolation that it's scary? Man, you know those places where it's nothing but woods and there's nothing but dark. There's no street lights. There's, no, there's nothing. I was so, I'll be honest, I was scared. I, I opened the door at night and it was so scary. I, I, couldn't, even, I couldn't open it three inches. I just quickly closed the door. I said, like, I'm going to stay in here. That's how isolated it was. But the day I got there, the Lord gave me four things very clear that he wanted me to do. I never, I mean, I can't say, I won't say I never heard the Lord that clear, but that was one of the few times I heard the Lord as clear as you're hearing me. He gave me one, two, three, four. I didn't know what he was going to tell me. And when, when he told this to me, it brought clear vision for me. Why did that happen? I made a determination that day, I need to go on an elevated plane. That's what I'm speaking over your life. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go upstate to, the, you know, to, to, to a retreat house. It could mean this year you're waking up an hour earlier to seek the Lord. That's what it could mean. This year, you're taking a little extra time to be in the Word of God, elevated plane for you. This year, you're going back to school. That could be it for you. This year, you're going up in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Glory to God. Look at Revelation 4, verse 1. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Glory to God. Prior to this, John was getting revelation of things that have happened. Jesus was talking to John about the seven churches. And he says, this is what I'm saying to this church. This is what I'm saying to this church. This is what I'm saying to this church. This is what's going on here. This is going on here. But when it came for the future, he said, come up here. And I will show you the things that are to come. How many want to know what's coming for you? You will know in Jesus' name. Why? Vision is gained at an elevated plane. You're going up. Somebody say, I'm going up. Hallelujah. Habakkuk 2. Stay there. Look at verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision is yet for what? But at the end, it will speak. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I want you to think about that. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. And it will not lie. Write this down. 
Fulfilled vision takes time, but it will happen. Fulfilled vision takes time, but it will happen. I feel to encourage you today, don't be discouraged by how long it's taken. The word of the Lord to you is this, it will happen. Come on, nudge your neighbor, give him a little wake up elbow. Say, it will happen. Because some of you have received vision. Some of you have heard the word of the Lord for your life. Some of you have been excited at times and you know the Lord spoke to you. Some of you know what it's like to be at an elevated plane and the vision is plain and everything seems great and you're ready to run and yet it has taken time. Yes, though it tarries, the scripture is telling you today, wait for it. It will happen for you. It will happen for you in the name of the Lord. And that needs to be your confession. It will happen for me. Amen. It will happen for me. Some of you, you want to live a certain way. I know. Many of us are not happy with our living conditions, our living surroundings, our living circumstances. I know. And maybe you have a vision of you. Have you ever had a dream that you were in a bigger house? Like a, like a night dream. Like you woke up like, oh my God, I was in a dream and I saw this, I saw that. It will happen for you. It will. The Lord, the Lord is concerned about that. It will happen for you. Some of you, you've already, you already received that, but there's other things you want. Praise the Lord. It will happen for you. Wait for it. Don't take shortcuts. Don't give up. You know? No, it will happen. Wait for it. Glory to God. What do you do when you're waiting? One, read the vision or the prophetic word over and over again. What do you do when you're waiting? Read the vision, the prophetic word, over and over again. I feel by the Spirit, many of us have heard the word, heard the Holy Spirit speak to us, but we haven't really taken heed to it. We've allowed it to just be what it is, and then we've sort of moved on from it. No. Read it. Meditate on it. Rehearse it. Let it be your confession over and over and over again. Why? That's how you stay in faith for what has been spoken in the past. The reason why people are reasoned out of what they believe is because what they believe has been delayed, and because it's been delayed, they come to the conclusion, I guess it wasn't God. No, it was God. You need to walk it out. You walk it out by reading the prophetic vision, the word, whatever the Lord has given to you. You rehearse it over and over again for how long? Until it is fulfilled. That's how you see the plan of God fulfilled in your life. Amen. I know what it's like to, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Have you ever had a hope that was pushed back? You thought this was it, and then nope, it's not. You thought it's going to happen now. Nope, push back. You thought, oh, this is my season, and then guess what? It wasn't. The Bible says that makes the heart sick. Anybody have felt that sick feeling to the heart? Like, Lord, how long? I, trust me, I know, what, I know what it feels like. 
I know what it feels like. I'm not speaking to you as if I'm not aware of what that feels like. I know what that feels like. But I also know what it feels like when the, the desire comes. The Bible says it is like a tree of life. The tree of life is your portion today. Can somebody say amen to that? It will happen. You will be married if that's what you desire. It will happen. You will have children if that's what you desire. It will happen. Because if God gave you a vision, if God gave you that desire, if God put it in your heart, you don't have to worry about it. It's there with your name written on it. It will happen. This year, maybe next year, I can't tell you exactly when. It depends on what it is that you believe in God for. But it will happen. And the Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promise. He's not someone who's going to drag his feet. In fact, what delays God sometimes is not him, it's us. If we could align our hearts with what he is doing, I'm telling you, we would be like, God, can you slow down? I'm not ready for all of this yet. This is too much. I mean, I know I prayed, but Lord, it's, can, you, can you give me a little bit of time? God is not slack. He moves with such speed. But he's compassionate to slow down and allow us to catch up. And it's that that sometimes makes it feel like he's slow. He's not slow. He's waiting for us to catch up. You're going to catch up in Jesus' name. Look at first, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word or the vision. We have the word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. I'm going to read that one more time. We have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed or listen to, or pay attention to, as a light that shines in a dark place. So what is a vision? What is a prophetic word? Imagine you're in a dark tunnel. Imagine you're in a dark tunnel, and there's a light at the end of the tunnel, right? What do you do? You look at that light at the end of the tunnel because that is a vision for where you are to go, right? You would do well to heed that light. That light is giving you a direction in which you should go. That's what the word is. So when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what's happening, what do you hold on to? You hold on to the prophetic word that was given to you. What was said to you in the quiet moment? What did you hear in your heart? What came to you when you first prayed? That's what you hold on to. That's the light that you should heed as if you were in a dark place. That's what brings you out of that dark place. That's what brings you into a place where you are experiencing the tree of life. I'm telling you, the tree of life is your portion today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. This is good for you. I'm taking my time because I really want you to get this. I want you to see that the prophetic word is a sure thing. God's vision and plan for your life is a sure thing. God is not changing his mind about it. His, his, his plan for your life is what it is, and you will fulfill it. You will see it come to pass. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 this is a very famous and, and popular scripture. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. 
Now, some of you may not understand the context of this scripture, but let me explain it to you. In this particular scripture, the children of Israel are in bondage. They're in Babylon. They're slaves. And the, 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 the chapter prior, there was a false prophecy that came out. And the false prophecy was saying, you're going to be released by such and such time. You're going to be released. God is delivering you out of the hand of the Babylonians. And you're going to go back to the promised land. You're going to go back to your land. And in fact, God was saying, actually, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, it'll happen, but not right now. Now, that's very interesting because when you don't realize that, you think that God is just saying, hey, you know what? I have good, I have good plans for you. I have good thoughts for you. You're going to be released right now. God was actually saying, yeah, that's going to happen. But that word that you got was actually a false word. Let me give you the full counsel of my word. So if you go... A little before that, verses 5 to 7, this is what he says, because he says, I want you to actually stay here. What do you do? Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. He's saying, do this in the land that you are, you know, captive. You're, you're, this is not your land. This is not where you belong. But I still want you to build houses. I still want you to take wives and take sons. And I want you to plant gardens. I want you to do this so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. I still want you to increase in the land that's not yours. This is the heart of God speaking to the people. I want you to catch what I'm saying to you. And seek the peace of the city. Yeah, this is not where you belong. This is not your land. But I want you to seek its peace and pray for it. I want you to seek its peace that I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. So what do you do when you're waiting? Number two, you build. Because waiting never stops you from building. Waiting never stops you from building. Even while you're waiting, you can be increasing. Even while you're waiting, you can still be increasing. You could be waiting for that great real estate opportunity to drop in your lap and you want a, a, a bigger place, a bigger house, or whatever, whatever you believe in God for. You can still increase while you're waiting. Or maybe you have the house and you have this, but you're waiting for something else. Fine. While you're waiting for that, you can still increase. God's heart to you is this, that while you're waiting for the vision to be fulfilled, I still want you to build. What I don't want is for you to sit on your hands saying, Lord, when, Lord, when, how come it hasn't been? No, I want you to build. I want you to build. You can always build even in the moment of stillness. You can build. Even while you're waiting, you can build. Even while you're hoping, you can build. Even while you're waiting for other things to happen, you can build. That's the heart of God. In fact, even when the nation of Israel was wandering, wandering, or matter of fact, when they were in slavery, let's go back to slavery. When they were, when they were removed from Egypt out of slavery, they came out with wealthy possessions. They came out with gold. Spoils from the Egyptians. Why? Even while you were slaves and I'm delivering you, when I deliver you, I'm going to show you that I can increase you even in that moment. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. You can build even while you're waiting. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com. 